Hello, and welcome to Criticism is Dead, a weekly culture podcast about what we're watching and what it all means, if it means anything at all. I'm Pelin keskin a screenwriter and producer, and I'm also John Motherfucker, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jenny Chijang, culture writer and critic. This is Succession Sendoff, our special series following along Succession's fourth and final season. Mm-hmm. Episode, episode two, two, Jenny. We're at episode two. Yes. Just like before, we're going to kick off with... A short summary of what happened, large picture in this episode, and then we're going to jump right into our, our chat. Uh, so in this episode, episode two, um, on the night of Connor's, some would say disastrous uh, wedding rehearsal dinner, some rogue board members, including Stewie, Sandy, girl Sandy, I mean, and potentially the kids, threatened to derail the big Gojo Waystar Royco deal for a higher sell price, aka more money prompting Logan to finally reach out to Kendall, Shiv, and Roman. Meanwhile, Logan is also signaling that he wants to remake ATN, a vision that, uh, in his, you know, desire that he can't voice, would include an anchor gig for Carrie. Yeah. Carrie's moving up in the world, man. Look at that. Yeah, we can we can finally see, like, what she has her, her, her sights set on. A chessboard player, man. Big respect to Carrie one time. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah, you got it. So the episode started off with all the siblings, like, I don't know, I guess wherever the hell they are in their HQ on what, whatever part of the country they're in. Yeah. Um, they're watching PGN. Which is the yeah. which is the Peers. yeah the Pierce family's network TV and it's they're not happy about it <laughs> spitballing ideas. I just want to quickly run by you. Would you yeah. watch World News like regionally? Kendall's idea, Kendall's idea? like is that absolutely something? not? No, um, right? What an idiot! Like the, the the thing about like news is. It's always been this, like, push and pull between candy versus vegetables. You're like, oh, we yeah. got to feed the masses the vegetables, but actually all they want is candy. Yeah. But actually all we want is give them is candy, too. Yeah. So, I mean, admirable, but it just, it does not work. It no, will not work. Like, finger, sorry, Ken. Like, Never been on try. the pulse with that boy, <laughs> ever. <laughs> Bless him. Um, so the, the thing that prompts this whole coup with with the gojo deal is shiv gets a call and finds out from her from her people she can't retain a lawyer like a divorce lawyer to divorce tom because he has reached out to all of them and if any of you have watched marriage story you will know this uh this is like a trick that a lot of people do those that are getting divorced (laughs) not so amicably where essentially if one side of the party reaches out to a divorce lawyer then that cancels out the other person being able to retain that lawyer so shiv Mm -hmm. is now lawyerless like she has no one that she respects that she can go to that can probably be at dealing with this and that makes her go into a rage and then that's what makes her call sandy yeah and be like i thought that was like a it was a nice callback also to um Remember when, you know, Kendall was basically trying to find lawyers for his big yeah. <laughs> battle yeah. against uh, his father when we started working with Like, it was, I thought it was maybe not a direct, but like pretty, pretty much like a loose reference to that time also. Because yeah. it was also a rush of like, which lawyers can we get to? Which top ace uh, New York attorneys can we get to first? Yeah. And at that time, Shiv was on the other end of it. Like she was doing ATN and her dad's dirty work at that time. Exactly. So now it's, yeah. it's been flipped against her. Yeah. And we later, like, we later find out why 
I guess, why this triggered her so much. And it's because we find out that that's what he did to their mother when they were trying to get mm-hmm. divorced. And so... Yeah, being mothered or mothering, yeah. Right, and like by the end of it, obviously we know from the previous season how she feels about her mother. And I think ending up like her is not something that she ever saw for herself, ever wants for herself. And the fact that like her father is now in charge or behind or like is the puppeteer behind the shit you totally get it like it all makes sense initially you're like what the fuck is she doing but it totally makes sense yeah but at the same time though like like this is a a recurring problem with these kids right they have something blow up on the personal side and then it it becomes a business decision like them like same with pierce um same with so much of what they've been doing and like throughout these couple of episodes are reminded again like Roman remains the sole person to kind of like raise his hand and be like, guys, like, what are yeah. we doing? Like, come yeah. on, like, business, business wise, like, what are we doing? Yeah. And I just, it baffles me. I mean, it doesn't baffle me. It's, it's sort of in line with this trend, but it's just like, I can't help but bash my head against the wall because I'm like, Kendall Shiv, are you really such idiots? idiots. Like, yeah. yeah. It's, oh my God. Yeah. I mean, so frustrating. It's super frustrating. And I think, like, the, the evergreen truth of this show has been that Logan is bad because he is so business minded that he uses personal relationships, including his own family, as a tool to get to the business. Mm-hmm. And the problem with his kids is that they took the opposite end of that lesson, <laughs> just, I guess, from observing their father, where they use, like, they're all personal and they're using the business as a tool to get to the personal and then that's also mm-hmm. not wise either <laughs> and yeah like it's so funny that you say that about roman because he obviously like we know and we have seen how he is the one that has inherited his father's business sense the most out of all of them and just the fact that they keep like the other two like shiv and kendall just both squeezing him out of that business sense or like not letting him just like have his say or not letting him trust his own instinct which is better than theirs mm. uh and like basically being like emotionally terrorized into <laughs> into doing what it is that they want to do is so frustrating to see and obviously yeah. like it ends up where it does with the episode because of that because they 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 do too much of that and then that makes him go entirely the other way um i want to i want to take it back to yeah. what logan is doing at atn what mm-hmm. does he want to do with it like how how much <laughs> What, what what do you think is going through his mind? Like, what does he want? Well, I think he is he is unhappy with where ATN. I mean, the the deal with Gojo, it would basically just leave him ATN, and yes. that is like that's yeah. his bread and butter. That was his sort of like original. That's the whole linchpin of his operation. Yeah. And now that he's facing the prospect of this being all that he's left with, this yeah. is the final remnant of whatever legacy or empire or thing he built. Yeah. He's looking at it. He doesn't really like what he sees yeah. as much. And yeah. that is probably terrifying to him and enraging because he's like, what the fuck am I paying all of you like fuck faces for? Yeah. <laughs> and so like you see like him going into this mode where it's like, what do you say? Like we're going to be leaner. We're going to be li- lighter. We're wilder. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's just like this like gut reaction, very visceral animal like thing in him where it's like, this is all that I have left, so I'm going to use it to fight like hell. And of yeah. course, the thing that he is going to fight is Pierce, actually, since that is like ideologically in the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, ostensibly, they are the rival of ATN. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, 
I got to say his speech down on the floor, um, like you really, <laughs> with his full chest, like he's mm-hmm. livered. That was really, it. you could see actually how it might, it's both terrifying, but actually could rouse some genuine, um, in the heat of the mo- moment, like inspiration uh, yeah. from these people around him. Yeah, I mean, especially if like, let's say... It's, you know, meant to be some version of Fox. Like, what he's yeah, saying. Yeah, like Murdoch's, et cetera. Yeah, we, what he's saying is like, hey, I want us to be shamelessly Breitbart and we will get there. Like, the fact that he said the thing about we're going to make them shocked that we said it and they're going to be so appalled that, yeah. we, that we were the ones to say it kind of thing. Like, his right. Whole, it is, yeah. Yeah, his whole hatred of like the Pierce pearl clutching. Uh, which his yes. kids also have yes. a little bit of. Like, he finds it so Absolutely. exasperating and annoying. Um, he wants to tear that apart. He, he just wants to yeah. be a, a fucking dog, you know? So. And that is, I mean, it's a reflective of real life too, right? That, mm-hmm. that is actually how so much of Fox and like right wing media works. It is in reaction to this kind of, yeah. you know, what they see is this like, uh, lily liver, like pussyfoot. Yeah. Um, you know, fake modesty of yeah, yeah, like sort of establishment Democrat, yeah. liberal, yeah. Which yeah. so yeah, it pretty much is reflective of that. Yeah, um, which I thought was funny because it, I mean, yeah, like kind of rings true, right? Yeah. So while all of this is happening, the siblings miss out on Connor and Willa's oh. rehearsal dinner because yeah. <laughs> because their father cancels out the helicopter anyway. Whatever. When they finally get there, uh, Willa is getting cold feet and mm-hmm. dips the fuck out of there. And then they have to, they're kind of tasked with like making their eldest brother, who's essentially more like their youngest brother, uh, feel a little bit better about the situation that he's put himself in. Um, and so then they try out normalcy. They go to like a bar. Yeah. They order some drinks like normal people order drinks. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> when we're there, Kendall gets a call from, from Madsen, uh, the Gojo owner. And gets some berating from him, which then turns Kendall. You know, I was I was kind of surprised by this. Maybe again, it's in that mode of like, like Kendall. At one point, he did have some semblance of business savvy, not in the way of like a meat potatoes kind of very pragmatic way, but you know, yeah. he he could see something in business, right? In some like kind of greater vision. Yeah. And a lot of times that vision is like bullshit, but sometimes it sometimes it's not. It hasn't been. Yeah. So I was actually surprised that he basically saw Matson's warning or threat, if you will, and he ran in the opposite direction. He's yeah. like, well, yeah, now I want to I want to stall. I want to fuck fuck this over and get more money. Like you gotta recognize like you guys are literally nothing if this thing falls through. Like, you will have nothing for Pierce. Like, everything that you have been, like, setting up your whole life to do right now, like, it's going to fall apart if this doesn't go through. And you're really going to risk that even even after seeing Madison like this? Okay, let me tell you something about depression, right? You wouldn't, okay. <laughs> you wouldn't get it. Me and Kendall, we get it. <laughs> He's just, he is... Uh, what do they call it? The call to the void. This is, this is Kendall's mm-hmm. call to the void. Like, this is him being like, oh, I could fuck it for dad and everyone and then none of this will matter. Okay. And so then that's what he does. Cause I think for him, the ability to hurt his father is freeing in a way that isn't for the other lot. Like, it, I, I think he just was so viscerally hurt by his dad in the first, like, mm-hmm. two seasons, especially. 
Um, he needs something more than just getting another business and then being his father's arch nemesis. He wants to go into the house, light himself on fire and burn everyone else down with him. Um, and I think yeah. that's probably going to happen. Like, I'm not going to lie. I kind of see that happening for him. It was confusing. Obviously, you're just like, why would you do that? But then like... I guess, I guess, when I guess like, that that's from the point of view of like a rational minded yeah, person. Yeah, he's not ra- he's, like yeah, these he, are not necessarily rational. He's people. not rational. They are, they are not like no. as Logan says, they're not serious people. No, um, no, and and everything that they've all these decisions they've been making that that is reflective of that. And again, like we see why like kind of maybe justified although not all the way you know just justification for the cruelty and everything but just like why logan could not bear to give up his business and leave his empire to these people yeah um so then you know they have a they have a conversation with their father in a k-town karaoke bar which actually exists Mm -hmm. by the way i think Mm -hmm. i've been there uh, they were really on 32nd Street, for real, for real. So shout out yeah. to Maru that's now going to get mobbed with dickheads like me, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> the conversation that they had in there was such a masterclass of just seeing the way that the siblings played off of one another, seeing how they individually reacted to their dad. I want to talk about Roman a little bit. Yeah. What were your observations oh, of Roman, Roman. here? <laughs> Oh, Roman. Well, you know, we've, we've criticized in the past or we've like remarked in the past about like this tendency to be like, oh, like, ooh, like Roman, like he's a soft boy, like he's our tender boy, um, like in, in all the fandom culture. But, you know, here, like, again, we see his, his tenderness, like to be yeah. frank, his, his vulnerability, his tenderness, like how much this is killing him, how much yeah. he would love his family to be able to just like, sorted shit out and like be a functioning family and of course they can they will never be able to do that yeah and this is like again like i stemming back from childhood and everything mm-hmm. but i felt like this is one of the <laughs> episode this is definitely like a big roman moment and there are there have been so many throughout this series uh i don't know this he you really do feel you see this and you feel like you forget that he is like a grown man sort of like a semi-sociopath yeah. and you're like oh it hurt it hurts it hurts it does yeah and it's you know you see the three the three classic stages of roman nerves um mm. it usually starts off with his shoulders right by his ears um yeah. <laughs> and then his he's neck just like, disappearing <laughs> his neck completely able and then he is uh wincing his fucking heart out bless him um and then when he at some point makes a sex joke about shiv that's when you know he's like (laughs) really like struggling to deal with how vulnerable he feels and then that obviously like the last the last stage is nail biting and we see all of that but the thing that really broke my heart was when you know kendall brings up the fact that he was beat upon by logan yeah and then he says well you know everybody on me i was yeah fucking like, well, annoying. I'm, I'm annoying yeah and i was just like oh, yeah babe. and this he, like reflexive need to downplay yeah, and also yeah. to shift the blame away from his dad exactly. and like yeah put it upon himself it's really it's really sad it's really sad and yeah it, it, they're, they're <laughs> i just uh, like i want to give a shout out to the writers for just following the in- extremely incredibly predictable beats of a narcissist trying to apologize um, mm-hmm. aka by not apologizing at all actually yeah <laughs> um and just the way that he expects so much forgiveness for so little um he thinks just by even being there they're lucky 
that he's even there yeah. opening his mouth. And they're obviously trying to get some form of accountability from him. Um, and yeah, it was, it was actually perfect. Like as someone that has tried to get an apology from a, from a narcissistic parent myself, it is not fun. And that's kind of what it looks like. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's tough. I, I thought it was really, really well written. And then, you know, after, after Logan leaves, Connor then san- suddenly drops a whole bunch of heartbreaking lines. <laughs> like, once again, just yeah. incredibly good writing. Like, holy shit. I think, I think he said something about basically like Willa leaving him and like not getting married to her or her, or like him not needing love because he never really yeah, had it to begin like, with. Yeah. Madness. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, unfortunately, we we do see that over and over, not just from Logan, but yeah. from his other siblings. Like he is, he's the always the odd one out, and this is sort of like that that defense mechanism that that forms um, in the absence of love or in yeah. like this this the face of this neglect or whatever. Yeah, like you basically condition yourself to be like, well, I didn't need that anyways. So yeah, you harden yourself, and by doing that, you yeah. know, you protect yourself from that hurt. A feeling that you don't have that. Um, yeah, I mean, Connor is, he's always been kind of a more peripheral character, but mm-hmm. one that is just as sad and tragic. Um, and it is interesting to see what he's done with his life, like, in that very particular path. Yeah. Um, and how he suffered, like, you know, his presidential run, his delusions, his, yeah. his everything about him. Um, but it's all sort of hiding, papering over this, this core of a very, very sad little man. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like that, pre- I mean, that presidential run is his idea of like a last gasp, but greatness in a way, or just some yeah. way to become respected. Um, but you know, his, right. his line, I think it was like, I'm a tree that grows from rocks and insects die inside of me. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. When he said that, I like gasped. I was like, that's beautiful, yeah. but so sad. When he, when he <laughs> goes home and finds Willa in, in bed, like, oh, like talk about like, oh, like I know yeah, their circumstances, yeah. <laughs> um, unorthodox, shall we say, but like, in that moment, like you can't help but feel like just this relief and, and happiness from that. And it's just, it's just so, it's so stupid because obviously she was going to be there. What the fuck else is she going to do? She's just doing that as a form of like small protest, but like, it's not like Willa's going to go back to being poor. Like, yeah, it's just not going to happen for her. Um, and obviously the episode ends with Roman, our very own Romulus going to his father and his father telling him that he wants to make him, what, a king for ATN, for new ATN, ATN 2.0. Yeah. Um, and not just, not just wants, but needs. Needs. Once again, he is teased with uh, a carrot and we just don't know if there's a stick there or not. So we'll see how it goes for Roman in the, in the following episodes, but we should get into our weekly recurring bits. Um, yeah. so do you want to take it away with the first one? Yeah. Let's kick it off with daddy's best boy of the week um so again this is just like our version of mvp or you know best or favorite character from this week mm-hmm. you know i i i think i have to give it to roman yeah um yeah. he is both actually daddy's best boy in this episode but also uh, he is i think just like the character who really like his psychology and his emotion as interiority like those are all on full display in this episode so it was a real showcase for that i would say i agree i agree i think like despite all the mess of it he's the one that struck out as just being that little bit shinier 
to the audience and also obviously to his father. So I agree, he is definitely daddy's best boy for this episode. Mm-hmm. Next up, we have the disgusting boy. So who who was the disgusting boy this week? What do you think? Oh, that is that's a little bit of a hard one this yeah. episode. I'll say Tom, not with any real, you know, malice mm. or a strong emphasis behind that, but just yeah. like uh, what a what a dick move to to pull the lawyer trick uh, yeah. on Shiv. Although I'm sure she would have done that right back at him too. Yeah. Um, still, but a very like sort of rude awakening for for Shiv and all. Just without kind of half heartedly, I'll say disgusting boy Tom. What about you, Bella? You know, I think I'm gonna give it to Carrie for the disgusting boy mm-hmm. this time around. Mm-hmm. It's not her fault. I know I opened this episode by saying she's a good chess player and all of that, and good for her for trying to get ahead in this world, but to be an anchor, or, like, want to be an I anchor... Know. Um, I can't believe, like, that is the ambition. <laughs> I lost so much respect. Uh, and the fact right. that everybody was laughing at her because she was fumbling it so hard. Yeah, terrible. Like, not only do you want a bad gig at a bad place when you could just easily be the fucking kingmaker essentially is who yeah. she's trying to be yeah or the no. new marsha you could be the new marsha yeah um instead of that she wants to get in front of a million of people and be an absolute idiot so no i, I don't respect it i did love that the kids told her what the fuck was going on in the karaoke room um mm-hmm. that was very sweet i i did have a little like Mm, yes good mm. uh, yeah my you could see you could see kind of the the change in her demeanor yes uh, at the end for, yeah. for a brief moment at the end yeah totally all right let's 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 finish off with death watch so this is who we think is headed for the grave yeah from all signs in this episode uh who would you say Bellin? i'm gonna go for connor i think connor might die dude <laughs> i think it might be really okay. sad if he dies um I don't know how that would happen, but there's just there's just a part of me that's like, wow, he's going to get married to Willa, and then he's going to die, and then Willa's mm. going to be left with everything, <laughs> and Wouldn't completely that be luck funny? out. That would be hilarious. That would be so yeah. funny. But there's just she'd something. She'd be such a good widow. Yeah, I know she'd be excellent. But there's just, I, I think just based off of what he said, there's just something about his take on love and like how he sees himself in the relation to his siblings and how his siblings see him how his father sees him like what happens if he disappears like for real instead of becoming the the silent sibling what about you what do you think you know i'm gonna give it to someone random this week yeah um not really a serious one but (laughs) i'll say hugo who you know i'm glad is still around and kicking um i really (laughs) think uh carolina is just gonna kill him one day yeah that'll (laughs) be his death yeah that laptop thing i love it i love it so much yeah that was great shout out to that actor i love him too um yeah glad to see him in his little neck back yes um all right well i guess we're gonna find out uh who dies at some point but that was episode two of our succession send-off we will see you next week for episode three please keep listening to our regular scheduled episodes which should be coming out tomorrow that's on tuesdays um and we will see you next week bye, bye.